I want to say thank you for being here. Um, it'd be funny if we went around the room and I said, what, what are we doing tonight? Um, like, what, what is this thing called Unleashed Church? Um, I, I received several text messages this week, um, and a couple of them went like this. Hey, this um, Unleashed thingy Thursday, um, what time are we ending? Um, so there was a lot of text messages like this thingy, like, um, I actually had a friend uh, who saw some stuff I've been posting, and he asked if I was planting a church. I said no, just a movement. Um, so let me kind of give you some backstory to what got us here. Um, it kind of gives some context to why we're here and what we're doing here. Um, Tonight's going to kind of be introductory and kind of beginning to prepare our hearts and surrender to the Lord regarding what he wants to do in these next five weeks. Um, So about um, two years ago, the Lord started stirring all this in my heart. Um, And it fleshed itself out in something that some of you were a part of um, several, uh, two years ago, um, my initial study on the Holy Spirit. Um, and that was just a really powerful thing. For those that were a part of that, um, it was just a really powerful, practical thing that, that just as we engaged together and talked about what does it actually look like, look like that God enables our lives and, and, and the thing he, things he calls us to. Um, and so, man, I just, I went away from that 10 weeks and like, man, that was just powerful. And people were sharing testimonies of what God had done in their life. Um, and so I just, it just continued to weigh heavy on my heart regarding, like, what does it look, what, who is this, this thing in the, whole, in the Bible called the Holy Spirit that I don't remember mu- hearing much about growing up? Um, that as, as I've studied over the past two years, like, I've just come to realize this is such a game changer for us. Um, and so we did that study, and, um, and then I just began, man, God wants to do something church-wide here with this. And so I just began praying, talking with the elders about what, what does this look like, and um, it wasn't quite fleshing itself out. So I began um, meeting with um, several people in this room and just saying, I just had this vision to call the church together. Um, and I don't even know what it looks like. Initially, it was like, let's talk about spiritual gifts and teach on spiritual gifts, which we'll do uh, in a couple weeks. And so that's a part of it. But, um, and so we were just kind of talking and praying, and, and I was teaching on the Holy Spirit to those few that were, were there and um, we kind of developed a plan, and it didn't flush itself out. Um, and so we said, well, um, let's do another study on the Holy Spirit. And we had round two study. Remember, uh, maybe if you remember that, round two study on the Holy Spirit. It, um, some of you were part of that. And, uh, and then as the Lord just continued to work, um, we developed a plan to be here tonight. Um, and I, I want to read a verse from Romans 8. Um, it says this, and you can just listen, you don't have to turn to it, because I'm going to be there really quick. Um, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So this idea that God actually identifies us as his children because of his mark that he puts within us by his Holy Spirit. Now, um, 
as we go forward tonight, here's the thing that's just unbelievable in my mind. Is that, that this idea of God unleashing his presence in us and unleashing us out into the world will absolutely change us. It will change the way you, way you are when you sit at the dinner table with your family. It'll change the way you are when you, when you go to work, when you ride in your car, when you engage with anybody and everybody. And, and as we consider what God wants to do, the, tonight I really want to be this idea of surrendering our hearts. Because honestly, like, I've developed a plan for kind of what we're going to do in this next month. But listen, I, I don't fully know what it looks like. I don't, I don't fully know. Um, and, I, and I'm kind of excited about that. Um, so I, I want to point you to a couple things. So um, hopefully you have in your hand a field guide that was absolutely a work of God to bring this about. And I want you to open it up to the table of contents. And I just want to kind of explain it to you. Um, this, this here really is a resource. Okay, so this isn't like we're going to walk through this word by word, phrase by phrase. This is a resource um, that's been put together to be in your hands to help you as we move forward. Um, but it does, it does kind of go along with what we're doing. Um, so take a look at the introduction, I'm not the, at the table of contents. So there's going to be four topics we're going to cover over the next four weeks. Not tonight, but beginning the next week. Um, life, power, purpose, and battle. Okay, and I'm not going to get into incredible depth because we'll dive into those deeply, but, but life being the, this idea of what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit of God and to find life as we're filled with the Spirit of God. And then secondly, what is it that we have this power that's not like this, like we can go around zapping people, but that we have an identity in Christ that strengthens us as God's people. And then thirdly, that we then can be sent out with purpose to actually live and move and breathe in that identity. And then, then finally, um, we can't talk about any of that without re- coming to grips with the battle that we're in. So we'll talk about the battle of spiritual warfare. Um, notice, okay, look under life. There's, notice there's three parts to each section. Name it, know it, live it. Um, we're going to gather on Sunday mornings, um, Thursday nights in large group like this, and then um, towards the end or towards the middle of our time on, on Thursday nights, uh, we're going to break off into groups. Um, and thanks for being in your groups already. You're like, oh, now I see what you did there. Um, and so just to kind of, as you navigate through, like this Sunday, we're going to talk about, I'm going to preach from Ezekiel 37 and talk about life. So if you have the opportunity leading up to the Sunday to read the definition of life, read the definition of power, re- leading up to each Sunday, that'd be beneficial. Um, and then the other stuff will be kind of the meat that goes along with it. Um, so we'll, we'll get in more into this um, later. If you have a chance, don't take a look at it now, but um, look at it later um, so I believe that God wants to do something so powerful that we went to the effort to make a website um, that's going to kind of supplement and kind of come alongside what we're doing here in this next month. Um, and, and I believe that what God wants to do, like right here, right now, isn't just about January. But I believe has 
movemental power to transform us. Because God's in this. God is in this. And I'm, man, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Um, so one of the things that we're going to do um, is we're going to call the church to prayer and fasting at lunch on Tuesdays. Okay, now let me explain for a second. Um, if that doesn't work for you, like you just can't do that, like that's, like, that's fine. Um, but so the goal is that at lunch on Tuesdays, you would skip lunch, not like eat an hour later. You would skip lunch and spend time in prayer and just giving our heart to the Lord for what he wants to do here. Um, so church-wide, we're calling the whole church, the elders are calling the whole church to fast and pray at lunch on Tuesdays. Um, so uh, I'll be giving you some reminders of that. Um, but I believe that God is, is here and wants to do something great. Um, and we don't even really know what it is, but he wants to do something great through his spirit. So let me pray. Um, we're going to sing um, a couple songs just to kind of prepare our hearts um, and just engage the Lord, and then um, we'll, we'll continue on. So let's pray. Father God, We surrender ourselves to you right now. God, even though I've cast this vision for Unleashed Church, I don't, I don't know fully what's ahead. Even though I've cast this vision, like, I don't know how you're going to work or what you're going to do in the days ahead. But I, I believe with all of my soul that it will absolutely change the spiritual landscape of our church. So tonight I pray that you would engage us, engage our hearts as we sit here. But even though we don't fully know or even what we're doing here, would you just tune us in to you? Tune us into your spirit. And Jesus, we surrender ourselves to you. And we pray that, that you would move and you would work. And that in the end, we would never be the same as a result of what you've done. During the month of January 2014, of the movement that you started unleashing your spirit in us and unleashing us out to be the people of God. May we never be the same in Christ's name. Jesus, you said to Peter, on this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So while we sit here and we recognize that the enemy is real, we also know the end game. We know the promises that you've made and you've brought to fruition through the work of your son. 
and put within us by the power of your spirit. So we pray against the enemy, his servants, their works, and their effects. And we ask that you would unleash your spirit's presence and power in our midst. Now in Christ's name, amen. So um, I want, I'm going to... I'm going to teach for about 20 minutes, and then um, you're going to have a chance to discuss um, in your groups related to what I'm about to talk about. So there's lots of topics in the Bible, and we're on this journey. Maybe you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, like, wh- like why the Holy Spirit? Like a journey to life in the Spirit. Um, there's all kinds of different movements and odd things about the Holy Ghost, Right? <laughs> Um, and I want to kind of take some of the spookiness out of the Holy Ghost, but at the same time, like, it's God, right? I mean, there's, there's kind of this, like, unknown reality to God, and especially when we talk about him being in us. Like, that's just, I can't fathom that, but yet it's real. Like, we can sense it and we can feel it. So here's what I want to do in the next few minutes is I want to argue biblically why I think the topic of the Holy Spirit is one of the most crucial topics in all of the Bible. Okay, so this isn't like, this is Dave's like, woo, my little deal. Like, no, I really believe this is unbelievably important and one of the most important topics that we have in the Scriptures. So um, on the table in front of you is a handout. Um, that's what we're going to be looking at. We're not in the field guides those went to print well before the uh, snowstorm, so we didn't know that we were going to be doing this session tonight. Um, so in front of you is an addendum um, in the 8.5 by 11 piece of paper, and you'll see at the top it says, Introduction, Argument for Spirit for the Living as one of the most important topics in the Bible. Okay, so I'm going to walk through like five things, very practically, commands that were given in Scripture. I'm going to kind of spill the beans up front. Commands that were given in Scripture... And then likewise, how the Holy Spirit is the, the means to actually us walking those out. Okay? Um, so let's, let's start the first one. The command to live in peace. A couple scriptures here. It says um, in Romans 12, 18, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Jesus in John 20 says, Peace be with you. Now, let me ask you this. Um, give me a little feedback here. What are some things that you, that kind of steal your peace? Like, you think about peace, you just think about this calm nature. What are some of those things that kind of just ruin that? My kids. Traffic. There wasn't any traffic this week. Yeah. What's that? The news. Yeah, that's a little disheartening. The unknown. Customers. Customers. <laughs> Amen to that. Sometimes the job I'm thankful for. Yeah. And we could think of all kinds of different scenarios. And in all of these scenarios, the command is, have peace in your heart. 
But let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, Paul says in, in Colossians. Like we're commanded that, but at the same time, like all, everything's flying in our face, right? Like all these different things we mentioned. And even coming, like even probably your day-to-day, and even coming here and like, seriously, more snow? Like this dusting that made me 10 and 2 at 6 o'clock in the morning going down Highway 70, like I'm going to die? I wasn't at peace. Yet we're, we're commanded to be at peace. Now, check, check this out. The Holy Spirit's our peace. Watch this. Look at the next verse, John 14. It says this, but the helper, we need a lot of help. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. I mean, the world throws all this stuff at us, right? Like, here's how to, how to find peace, and, you know, here's how to make your life be happy, and, like, everything's going to be okay. No, the, the world throws all this stuff, but Jesus says, not as the world does. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus here is, what is he doing? Anybody know the context of John 14? Jesus is talking with his disciples, and he's telling them he's about to leave them. And he's looking him in the eye and he's like, just be at peace, boys. We've been hanging out for three years. I'm going. I'm gonna, they're going to kill me. But be at peace. What? How, how in the world do you do that? But notice what it says. He's like, my peace, I leave you. But it's not just this like weird like uh, this peace in a basket that you set next to somebody. Like, here you go. But it's actually the Spirit of God, God himself. He's like, I'm leaving you me. Look at the next verse. So Jesus had just said up in the John 20, 21, peace be with you. And then he goes on and, and he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you And when he had said these, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Okay, so like, like even think about the idea of forgiveness and how even the topic of forgiveness is really a hard topic to actually be at peace in your heart about forgiving in conflict and difficulty. But Jesus says the means by which we have peace is I'm giving you myself. To rest in. Like I've had countless instances at work that I, I would just get so stressed out to the point where like I'm panicking. And I would just sense the Spirit of God speaking to my soul. It's okay. I, I chill out. It's okay. Like that's the Spirit of God speaking into us. Peace. It's commanded. It's supplied. It's commanded and it's supplied. And where you don't find peace, I would propose to you, the Spirit of God isn't alive in you. Okay, we'll get to later on. How, how does that whole, whole thing work? Okay, the next one. The command to preach the gospel. Um, a, a scripture you've never heard before right here. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, so all of us know full well, right, that every day of our lives we're to live out this command, to share Christ with people. Now, who is awesome at doing that? Okay, I'm glad no one raised their hand. 99.999% of the time, I have very little clue how to navigate the spiritual conversation that's present in the moment with whoever I'm having it with. Like it's straight, I'm like, and, and then half the time I feel like I screw it up, right? You ever had that happen? Like why, like why did I say that? Like that was just dumb. But we can beat ourselves up in this oppressive command. You gotta do this thing, church. <laughs> Go and do it. We could all share the struggles we've had to do this well. Even Max shares the struggle. But yet, look at this. Look at how the Holy Spirit enables. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power. I hope to transform your view of the word power from a spiritual perspective as we walk through Unleashed Church in week two. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Listen, I was having a conversation today that I didn't know even how to navigate the conversation. And all I could do was say, God, I don't know the next thing to say. And he supplied it. Okay, I don't know how to answer this question. And he supplied it. Why? Because he's put his spirit within us. And that's the power to open our mouths and proclaim the message of Christ. And where we struggle and are weak to proclaim and live out the gospel, I'll propose to you it's because the spirit of God isn't alive in us. The next one is the command to comfort others, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace be with you. Comfort one another. When do you think is the most difficult time to comfort somebody? They've angered you? Okay, and you're not at peace. Don't know fully how to relate with what they're going through. When you're questioning God as much as they are about what they're going Right. It's going to be okay. Like, no, it's not. Like, why am I telling them this? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's really hard when my child is having a meltdown to comfort them. I'm like, I don't know why it doesn't work when I yell. Like, it just doesn't like help them calm down. Um, yet the call is to comfort one another in in all these different circumstances. To actually come around the distraught meltdowns that we have as people. 
And as the people of God to come around them and, and speak words of faith, hey, it's going to be okay. That's hard to do, especially when we're people that doubt. We're people that in the midst of difficulty, we don't even know how to navigate ourselves, but yet we're supposed to come alongside someone that maybe in a death is like, I don't know how to handle this. And you're like, I don't really know either. But yet we're supposed to comfort them. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Look at this on page two. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Here's the crazy thing. So this, the church here in the book of Acts is, was walking and growing up into who God wants them to be. And all the fiery darts of the enemy are flying at them. All the possible meltdowns that could possibly be going down. Yet they're at peace. And they're resting in the comforter. The paraclete is the Greek word for spirit. The comforter, the actual, the one that comes around us and is the means by which we are comforted. And we then therefore comfort others others and where we struggle with that because the spirit of God isn't alive in us how about the command to pray how awesome are you at praying we could could go around the room and talk about our struggles to pray consistently you ever like try to pray for someone and you're like I just don't even know what to say I don't even know how to begin the conversation or you get, you get distracted, you ever get like, kneel down, like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to engage the Lord, and then you like fall asleep, or you, you run out of things to pray, or you're just like, all of a sudden you're looking up at the window. Yeah, those, those all things happen to us, but we're, we're weak people. The command, pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Does that stress anybody out? Pray without ceasing. You're like, stop talking so I can pray. That's overwhelming. But, but get this. Look at, look at the next verse. The Holy Spirit leads us, helps us pray. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Like, how powerful is that? Because we're weak people. We sit in this room and we're weak, broken people who don't have any ability to do what God's called us to do and to be the people of prayer that God's called us to be. But check it out. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray. I don't don't have a clue how to pray for this person that lost their loved one. Comfort them. Like That's kind of what you say, right? Or for the things that we see on the news. The Spirit. In the midst of us not knowing how we ought to pray. The Spirit himself intercedes for us. And he's praying with us. He's praying on our behalf. He's giving us the words and the means to talk to God. Because he, do, he lives inside of us. If we are a Christian So prayer, 
Um, how about this one? The command to worship in truth. God is spirit and, we're, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Okay, when I was in college, I led a, a ministry called Truth. Actually, Jeff was my lead bass. And he had hair out to about here. Somebody's got a picture we'll show you later. I'm trying to get him to do it, grow it back out, but it was awesome. Um, but but the, basically the ministry surrounded, it was like this monthly worship service where we all got in a room, someone taught from the word, and we sang songs. A lot of times we think of worship, we think of singing songs, right? Like worship in truth. But what is it talking about? It's talking about living a life, right? We know that. It's talking about a life of worship. But what does it mean to live a life of, how, how do we live a life of worship in truth, in honesty? Like we're, as a church, we're people who are very honest. Like we're, like we're, we're not going to beat around the bush about how we feel and what's going on inside of us. Like, that's That's incredible. And that's kind, of, well, that's kind of the idea here. Like, we're going to be honest, but it's based in the truthfulness and the character and nature of God. Okay? And to worship in such a way that we're honest before ourselves and we're honest before God is incredibly difficult. But notice, the Holy Spirit leads us to truth. Like, how can I fully know God and fully know myself? John sixteen thirteen. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He's the one who's going to do it. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Here's the thing that I think has blown me away in the past several months as I've prepared for this. Is the idea that we're called to live in a a relationship with God. But you know what? We don't have the ability to even know him. Like scripture says that the things of God are foolishness to those that are not of God. Why? Because the spirit of God is the one who reveals. He searches the depths of God and reveals them to us. He leads us into truth, to knowing God. So even as we like sit here and we're like, God, we want to press into you. We want to surrender our hearts to you. Do you realize that any ability, like as I was sitting over here and Rick's like leading us to surrender. And I'm sitting over here and I'm like, God, I'm about to get up and teach. And while I know you've given me the gift to teach, I also know you haven't given me the gift to transform hearts. So if anything powerful comes out of, anything that comes out of my mouth, anything you read in this, if anything transforms you, it's him. It's not me. It's not Rick. It's not anybody. None of us have the gift of spiritual transformation. The gift of salvation. Caleb has the gift, the spiritual gift of saving people. No, God, God's got to do it. As I sat over there, I just came to that realization. God, you, you got to do this thing by your spirit to actually engage us, to 
open our eyes. And maybe some of you are sitting there and you're just like, I'm not getting it. This guy's just boring. Man, God's got to open your eyes, not to my awesomeness by any means, but to his awesomeness. And it's the Spirit of God that actually softens our hearts, prepares our hearts to lead us to surrender to him. We could go on and on and on across the Scriptures, commands that are given, and God empowering those commands, enabling us. And I wonder if so many of us are just beating our head against the wall, trying to do what God says, trying to do what God says, trying to do what God says, rather than surrendering our hearts and enabling him to bring about the life that he's called us to. So one person that's ever successfully lived the Christian life, and they named it after him. So one person that could ever successfully live it through us. That's why he's put himself in us. So I believe that the topic of the Holy Spirit is one of the most important topics because it's God in us. And it's the means by which we can be who God says we're to be and we can know God. And so that's, that's, that's kind of the aim and the goal and why I think this is so movemental. I don't even know if that's a word, but... Um, is that a word, Mike? Did we put that in here? Mike was quite the editor, I will say. He met my deadlines well. Um, so, so here's what we're going to do. Um, you're going to have uh, the next 25 minutes to, to discuss around your tables. Um, and th- this, this will happen every time we gather. Um, there'll, be, there'll be some teaching like this, and then... There'll be a more lengthy time than, than what's happening tonight for you to, to discuss and unpack what, what God's doing and all those things you'll see in the live it section of your field guide. Um, but for tonight, the sheet of paper that's um, on the table in front of you has the application, the live it section that um, some individuals that are sitting at your table are going to help walk with you through. Um, and so... Here's what's going to happen. Um, when your group is done, we're, you're done, okay? So here in a second when I shut up um, and you begin discussing and are led to surrendering your hearts to the Lord, um, whenever you guys, whenever your table's done, um, there's, there's no more that we're doing here. Um, so well, let me pray as we transition into some time in groups. Spirit, would you open our eyes to you? Would you search the depths of God and reveal him to us? Would you guide us into all truth? Would you be with those that will lead now um, and fill them with your spirit? In Christ's name, amen.